Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, Wastelanders, we're over here recording Thankful Wasteland, or streaming Thanksland. This week, we went and took on 2000 Snatch on Amazon. And with me, with me as always, is Greg, who's always thankful about everything. Say hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. <laughs> as I said, we took on... 2000 Snatch on Amazon, which is rated R. <clears throat> our cast, as always, well, not always, but our cast in this movie is Jason Staham at, as Turkish, Stefan Graham as Tommy, Raid, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this one, Serbedzija. Sir Almost had it. Serbedzija as Boris. God, I love Boris. Dennis Farina as Cousin Avi. Vinnie Jones as Bluetooth Tony. Bluetooth Tony. Bullet Tooth Tony. What did I say? Yep. Bluetooth Tony. Bluetooth Tony. My dyslexia kicked the hell up right there, didn't it? <laughs> sure did. <laughs> Benicio Del Toro as Frankie Fourfingers. Alan Ford as Bricktop. Lenny James as Soul. And Brad Pitt as Mickey. Trigger warning. Violence. Some humor based on stereotypes about ethnic backgrounds and size. And the r- repeated use of ethnic slurs. Also, wanton criminality. Turkish is a boxing promoter who finds himself in debt to a big-wig gangster known as Bricktop. Through a series of escalating bad bets and rough breaks, Turkish and his partner Tommy have to convince Mickey to fight a, a, loss, a losing fight, something he seems incapable of doing. Meanwhile, Avi awaits to return Frankie Fourfingers with a massive diamond. Unknown to him, Boris the Blade has sent Soul and his crew to, to rob Frankie and get the diamond for himself. Avi is forced to enlist the aid of Bullet Tooth Tony, not Bluetooth, to track down his merchandise. I see what my brain did there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear from our critics. Go fuck yourself. This, these are our movies, not yours. That's correct. Greg's the one who threw this up on our, on our list. So, Greg, why are you thankful for Snatch? It's just fun to say the name to be like, oh, we're talking about 2000 Snatch, right? We're thankful for Snatch. <laughs> it's just it's a fun joke. But honestly, this movie is a fucking blast. I like heist and caper movies. This is probably the last really great one I've seen. Besides Knives Out, which is more of a whodunit. But this movie is shot incredibly. And it is written incredibly. And those are the two things that really sell me on most movies. Uh, And it seems stupid to say, right? It's like, oh, I just really like the writing and the way it looks. But yeah, obviously, that's what you like about a lot of movies. This movie is really executing the dialogue between characters formula as character building like it it executes it perfectly you get the sense of each and every single one of these characters without needing to be told a shitload about them we don't know fuck all about turkish like he gives us a tiny little bit of monologued backstory in the beginning we know even less about tommy and uh, cousin avi and bullet tooth tony frankie fourfingers all these guys they just exist. We're told who they are as characters and they act in that part and there's no arcs, there's no growth, there's no anything. And it's fantastic. Everything that we get about these characters comes out in dialogue and it's funny. 
the the way that you track so many characters through various security cameras and the kind of the use of different camera techniques to highlight humor and to highlight various shots is great. I think a standout uh, sequence for me is the told slightly out of order sequence of the car crashes in the middle of the movie where we see one car driving and then it swerves out of the way and crashes and you don't really know why. And then we see a second car driving and they smack into the first car. And then we see the third car being driven by Turkish and Tommy where they're having an argument about milk and Tommy throws Turkish's milk out of the window. And then you see the milk hit the second car, which then causes the third car to crash. And it's fucking so good. And it ends with one of my favorite scenes, which is Boris standing in the street with the uh, tea cozy on his head, just looking around, not sure where he's going. <laughs> and he's just like, help me, help me. Boris um, is so fucking good. Dude, every character in this movie is fantastic. Alan Ford's bricked up. He is fantastic as a mid-level. Like, we get the sense he's either mid-level or high-level gangster, and he is fantastic as it. Sol, Vinny, and his crew are fucking hilarious. They have one of my favorite lines in the entire movie where Sol says, you said he's a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get <laughs> away from? And then she followed shortly after by Tyrone. Tyrone. There we go. Yeah, oh, Tyrone. Yeah, okay when Tyrone backs into the van and he's like, I didn't see it. It was at a weird angle. And they're like, it's right directly behind you. The angle that things are coming from when you're in reverse. And just <laughs> so good. The, the scene where Vinnie Jones as bullet tooth gets robbed by a soul and Vinny and Tyrone and fair warning. This is one of the scenes where they have some bad language. I'm not going to repeat it here, but he uses a, a homophobic slur and, I know that there's some chodes out there who'd be like, oh, he was referring to a cigarette. He was not. He was not. But yeah, they try to rob uh, Bullet Tooth with replica guns, and the guns actually say replica down the side. And so he tells them that they're basically a dick and two weak little balls, and that sometimes they thought they smelled a pussy, but they were wrong. And he's <laughs> like, and seeing is how your guns say replica, and then it zooms in on their faces, and then it zooms down the gun where it says replica, and he pulls his gun out, and he's like, mine says Desert Eagle, and it zooms in on their faces looking at his gun, and then zooms in on his gun. It's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. I, I love how they even took a step further, and they, like, stop the camera on every single fucking letter not long enough for you to like actually pay attention but you get rep <laughs> yeah it is it's so fucking good it's a stylistic feast it's funny it is it is one of the movies i think one of the things that a lot of people worry about with british movies specifically is that like they're not going to get the humor because it'll either be too dry or it'll be too like oh you have to be british to get it not this movie you you will get pretty much every joke uh, or at least i think i get every joke and if there are some i don't get then yeah you're right you have to be british to get it. i don't know what the fuck it is but for what what's there it's hilarious guy Ritchie uses music fantastically every time they talk about frankie Fourfingers and his gambling problems they play it like a two second clip of viva las vegas just to <laughs> let you know that that's what he's talking about and if you think that sounds annoying it comes up three times in the movie and then frankie four fingers is killed uh, spoilers but this movie came out 23 years ago so this movie can legally drink you should probably have seen it if you want to but yeah and every other character is hilarious we haven't even touched on brad pitt as yeah. mickey mickey is probably the fan favorite in this movie and he lends us one of the movie's most iconic shots which is he is trying he's being told to throw a fight 
to so that Bricktop can make a bunch of money. So he's letting a guy beat him up. He gets uppercutted, and he is literally horizontal in the air, sweat flying off his face, slow-mo, like, pan of him being lifted up. And this is a clip, you don't know that it's from Snatch, but you've definitely seen it. It is, it's used in montages of people getting knocked out. It is used in various videos talking about cinematography, etc. This movie is a fucking masterpiece, like, start to finish, and it's really hard to make arguments against it. I will make a couple here in a minute, but I do want to say, we talked about Mickey. He's referred to as a pikey in a lot of the movies. Pikey is, like, a subset of British, like, the Roma people, and they also use the word, the, the G word. So... That is all over this movie, and there's no avoiding it. And if that is something that is just going to make your day worse, then I can't recommend this movie. But otherwise, yeah, everything else is fucking hilarious. What did you think, Ringo? I've talked enough. Oh, man. So when you put this up here, I forgot that I had I watched this. I'm wondering if Dr. Mirawiski had erased it from my memory or something. And then I started watching it, and I was like, shit, I've watched this before. And watching as Turkish is, is sitting, well, not sitting, but he's in his basement i don't know what the fuck it is but he's got the trailer behind him and he turns to the guy and he goes hey how long until those sausages two minutes and they continue talking turkish and tommy and turkish after getting the two minutes and finishing the conversation with tommy turns back to the guy and goes so how long are those sausages five minutes five minutes and he goes <laughs> you said two you said two minutes that was five minutes ago <laughs> that was five minutes ago and then he goes three minutes turkish and just there oh god like i love like the cuts in between scenes like avi coming from america over to london and then he's there (laughs) dude and when he gets in the when he gets in the car and they're like they're like it's not just bad food we have we have sandy beaches here and he's like who the fuck wants to see (laughs) that shit fucking line delivery god man oh man yeah And then, like you said, Brad put Pitt pay, uh, playing the uh, the fighter, and, the, and Tommy's like, "Oh yeah, I'll go ahead and let it." What what was his name? Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George, go ahead and fight Mickey so that we can go ahead and get the caravan. The, the caravan, yeah, the caravan for free. And then Mickey one shot. Well, we don't even see it. He just goes, "Oh yeah, no, he's in the hospital." No, you do. You see him oh. throw one punch, and he he is, he lays Gorgeous Gorge straight out, breaks his jaw. <laughs> And then Tommy's like, sorry, Turkish is like, Tommy, what did you do? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. How are we going to do this fight? You know that we're in with Bricktop. We're fucking that. Yeah. And then. It's just uh, like, the, if you can't tell, guys, this movie is so fucking funny. It's got us fucking rolling trying to talk. About yeah, it's shit. so good. The, the And then we mentioned Boris several times. Boris, Boris is. Every KGB Russian spy stereotype, but he's, besides being called Boris the Blade, he's also called Boris the Bullet Dodger, which, as the movie (laughs) explains very funnily, is that he dodges bullets. He's basically unkillable, and (laughs) the scene where he dies is almost directly from Austin Powers, when the guy's thrown down the the burning pit, and he's like, I'm very badly burned. But (laughs) Boris bursts in, and he gets shot. And then you hear him off screen be like, oh, motherfucker, I kill you. And he gets shot four more times. And then as Bullet Tooth is talking to somebody else, you hear you hear him like, Mother Russia. And then he gets shot again. And then a few seconds later, he's like, I get to you. And he's like, Jesus Christ. And he, <laughs> he takes his time and aims and shoots him finally and kills him. <laughs> but it's so good. Like, Boris gets hit by a car and he's fine. He, like, Tommy tries to talk to Boris and gets kneed in the nuts, like, immediately. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, this movie has a ton of famous people that are really doing some of their best work. I'd say that maybe like Raid Serbagila is the least famous of this group. And you probably know him from other movies that he's been in. He's just not a household name. But yeah, it's got a relatively young Brad Pitt. This is only a few years after Interview with the Vampire. And this was like at his peak of his string of movies. And he fucking kills it. Jason Statham was, I think, relatively unknown at this point. This is a couple years before The Transporter. And so he fucking kills it. Dennis Farina is an old hand. He he plays detectives in a lot of like movies where it's like, I'm going to fucking fight the mob. Benicio Del Toro is fantastic. Alan Ford, it's... Every actor is perfectly cast, and they bring, like, their A-plus game. And it's really, really hard to hate on this movie. The fact that they talk... They make... (laughs) British people who understand a variety of dialects are making fun of the fact that they can't understand Pikey, and then the movie absolutely sells you on that dialect. Like, he's like, it's not English, it's not Scottish, it's just Pikey. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, there's a couple times where you could tell, like, the movie was playing up the fact that Tommy and Turkish couldn't understand it. Because when they were like, you like dags? I was like, he's talking about dogs, obviously. The the character's like, what? What did you say? But when they're all talking about getting a caravan, Mickey, the price of Mickey fighting is he gets a caravan, the one that he picked, like Periwinkle Blue. And he's like, it's for me, man. And they're like, you're what? And then the whole group is like, his man. And then they, <laughs> they pass him a picture of his mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> that shit is so good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then this movie does a really good job of keeping things serious when they need to be. So towards the end of the movie, if you guys have been following along, Mickey basically beat up Turkish's boxer. Turkish had already agreed to have his boxer take a fall in the fourth round in a fight that Bricktop was sponsoring. He made this deal because Bricktop gets his guys more exposure and Bricktop wanted him because Turkish was known for putting on honest fights. And then Gorgeous George got hurt. And so they convinced Mickey, the guy who hurt George's George's court. Gorgeous George, Georges Gorge, wow. Gorgeous George. They convince him to fight instead. And instead of taking a fall, he knocks the next boxer out in one punch. And this loses Bricktop a lot of money. And Bricktop wants to now have Mickey fight to make him back that money. He's going to make Mickey take a fall. And to make sure that Mickey complies, he burns Mickey's mom's caravan with his mom still inside of her. And it's a really tragic scene. And it's probably the other iconic shot from this movie is Brad Pitt being illuminated by the fire while uh, Massive Attack plays in the background and Brad Pitt is illuminated by the fire and then the camera cuts to behind him as he's running towards the fire and the other people in his group are pulling him back and holding him back. It's another scene that you've probably seen without knowing that it was from Snatch, but it's pretty famous. Um, I think this movie would actually probably be more iconic and more well-known if the next two movies that Guy Ritchie did weren't considered bad movies. I don't remember what his next one is called, but it stars Madonna, who he was married to at the time, and she's not necessarily a great actress, and it wasn't really a very good script. I only watched part of it once, so I can't say that it's like a trash all the way through. What I saw, I didn't like. And then he released a movie called Rock and Rolla, which was trying to be more of Snatch, but it just didn't quite land the same way. And so his career took a little bit of a nosedive, but then he got back on his feet and got to do the Sherlock Holmes reboots with Robert Downey Jr. And then he did the the live-action Aladdin. And I know he's working on something else right now that I was excited about, and I can't remember what that was. 
Oh, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Looks like it could be fun. It's coming out next year. Yeah, uh, that sounds fun. That sounds like a good yeah. one. But yeah, this movie is fantastic. I mean, the reasons I'm thankful for it are are so many to list, but this is one of those times where it's hard to pin down any one thing that makes this movie work. The whole thing works together. Things that we don't see anymore, we don't see a lot of comedies that use, or even action movies that use camera angles to sell their comedy, or if we do, it's as part of big CGI shots, so the camera's really zoomed out. We don't get these quick cuts to characters' faces. Snappy dialogue that is callbacks to other jokes and stuff is still common in movies, but it's just done really well here. I'd have to go actually watch a bunch of Marvel movies to tell you what the difference between the dialogue in between Turkish and Tommy versus Captain and the Falcon is, like what, what makes one work versus the other not. But my guess is prevalence and the amount of wearing out that those quips do. And, and then all the stuff with Soul and Vinny and fucking and Tyrone, that whole caper, like when they rob the bookie and there's no fucking money, it works so well then. <laughs> and it makes sense, right? Because what we already knew before that scene happens is that Bricktop had to cancel the bets because Gorgeous George went down and now he was going to just be taking the bets live at the fight. But these guys didn't know that because they're not underground boxing aficionados, right? They're a pawn shop owner who's looking to make some uh, fast money from robbing a bookie. They didn't even know they were robbing a famous gangster's bookie. Boris did, and he set them up, and they knew it, and they figured it out. And one element we haven't talked about in here at all is the fucking dog. <laughs> the fucking dog, man. <laughs> oh, man. The dog is a pikey dog, and they buy it, and it immediately runs off, and they make note that it runs all the way back to the campsite. And then... <laughs> While they're while they set up that this dog eats everything, including they gave it a chew toy and the dog swallowed the chew toy whole and multiple characters like, why is that dog squeaking? (laughs) So then later on, the diamond that becomes the crux of like half of this movie gets eaten by the dog and the dog runs back to the Pikey campsite, which the Pikeys have left because they ambushed all of Bricktop's men and killed them and buried their bodies and then moved on down the road. And... He comes back and Turkish and Tommy scoop it up and they take it to the vet and they cut the diamond out and we see Avi flying back to London. And that's how the movie ends. We have Brad Pitt's character, Mickey, go ahead and his his mom, his ma, has been burned alive and he goes, okay, yeah, I'll fight. I'll go ahead and I'll throw in the fourth. And then the fourth, the fourth round comes around and he drops the other guy. And we're getting the, like, the point of view from Turkish's point of view and he's like, so yeah, we stepped out and the one thing that you, you find out about like deer is whenever you're driving, like your headlight goes ahead and like blinds them and they freeze. Well, that's what you're seeing right here is me freezing like a fucking deer. But if you look over and see Mickey, Mickey looks like he's got a smile on his face because he knows something's going on. And then the next thing you know, you hear pow. <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, so people bricktop shot Turkish. No, you find out like in the in the next few minutes that what ended up happening was Mickey had set up uh, Bricktop and Bricktop's mafioso to go ahead and die for what they did. It's like mm-hmm. don't don't screw with don't screw with these people. It, it was a good ending. I like the way that that one ended. Yeah, no, that's one of the other strong points of this movie, right? Is that it ends satisfyingly. It's hard to, like I said, it's hard to pinpoint one given thing being the, being like the strongest point of this movie, but the story is tight throughout. There's really not a wasted shot in this whole entire thing. Every, every shot is purposeful. It does something. It's fun. I forgot to put this in the trigger warning, but there is animal violence in it. The, one of the games that the Pikes play is called coursing where two dogs chase a rabbit. They don't catch it. That does lead to one of my favorite jokes where 
you know, if the dogs catch the rabbit, he gets fucked. And then Tommy's like, proper fucked? And he's like, yeah, by the Germans. But then <laughs> Turkish tries to be all tough and he bets the pikeys. He's like, yeah, my bet is the hair gets fucked. And they're like, proper fucked? <laughs> and that shit cracks me up every time. <laughs> it's so funny. But, but there's also movie, a shot man. of a couple of a couple dogs that have met less than friendly ends, and so it's implied that Bricktop does dog fighting, and thankfully we don't see any more than that. But it is there in the in the beginning of the movie, so just as an FYI. Oh, also they establish how like brutal Bricktop is by showing him feeding the pigs, and then like mm-hmm. in the next scene or two, he's explaining to Soul uh, and Vinny. Soul, Vinny, and Tyra. Well, yeah, because it was just Soul and Vinny. Oh, you don't know who I am. Well, have you ever heard of a pig farm? And you're like, this is a very weird way to go ahead and talk about the. What, what are you getting on about? And we're sitting in Vinny, sitting in their and Soul's shoes, kind of like, what is this guy talking about? And he goes through the whole explanation. You got to go ahead and starve the pigs. And then you got to go ahead and like cut the piece, the, the body up into tiny little pieces. And then like they step out and like the whole room is covered in plastic. Tyrone is laying down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh, okay. So, so we're going to die. Cool. The best part of that scene, though, is he finishes explaining the pig farm thing and it cuts back to Saul. And he's like, well, thanks for that. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Also, so that's actually one of the only areas where I feel like this movie might have gone a little too far is because he does that whole explanation. We'll snow and forward monologue about the pig farm thing. It's not very long. It's maybe a minute and a half. But after Sol does is like, who the fuck are you? He goes like, do you boys know what nemesis means? And I'm like, okay, so we're doing the same bit again, right? But thankfully, again, it's not too long. Yeah. It's one of the parts I didn't really care for in this movie. I mean, like, what else to call out? Bullet Tooth dragging that guy along by his tie? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's so good. Well, and also, like, the, the explanation for Bullet Tooth Tony's, like, oh, he was shot six times in one night by the same person and the same go, and then he dies to his own Desert Eagle 50 cal because Abby's trying to shoot the squeaky dog. <laughs> yeah, and it sprays everywhere, yeah. And he goes, Tony? Tony? Yeah, and then the next thing you see is Avi fleeing back to America. <laughs> So fucking good. Uh, <laughs> Avi, you killed him, man. <laughs> you fucked up. Yeah, I love when Boris cuts the arm off of Frankie Four Fingers, and then he's like, there, the rest is your problem. And then he just <laughs> leaves. I like that he puts in earplugs before he shoots the guy. <laughs> like, it's super fucking oh, funny, man. D- that also reminded me, like, that same scene where he puts the ear pro in, and then he shoots Four Finger, Frankie Four Fingers, and he goes... Give me the combination to the to the, the case, and <laughs> Soul looks at, at him, and then looks at Four Fingers, and goes, "He was the only one who had it, and you killed him." Yeah. Well, then Boris is like, "What?" And he takes out his earplug. <laughs> so fucking good, dude. But yeah, it's a movie that makes sense within itself. It's very consistent within itself. It's just a fucking good time. If you can stand the violence in it, that which it isn't over the top, especially compared by today's standards, but if you can stand the violence in it, and if you can stand maybe the story moves a little fast and you're not going to get deep dives on each character, you accept what's told to you about them or what's told to, yeah, what's told to you about them and move on, all right? The only fucking thing you would need to do maybe that would make the movie make more sense is look up what a pikey is, but I think you can get the gist of it right off the off the descriptions and the pictures that they show. They also go ahead and use the G word like once, and they mm-hmm. go, "Yeah, pikey is," and I was like, oh, "Okay, cool, yeah, <laughs> good to know." Yeah, 
But for me, this movie is basically a 9 out of 9. It's one of the few movies I'd ever give a perfect score to. I, I love this movie. I know I said the thing when we're talking about Eternal Sunshine where I don't go back and watch my favorite movies all that often. This movie is actually an exception. For I watched this for a long time, like once or twice a year at least. I haven't watched it a lot recently because I've had a lot of other things going on, but it is always a good fallback. If it's on on TV, I'll put it on. The censored version really isn't going to be that much different than the regular version. There might be a few lines that are edited, but for the most part, it's probably fine for cable now. So if this is on TBS, throw it on. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. If I had to give this one a rating, I would definitely give it our streaming wasteland 6 out of 9. Yep. And I'm tossing it up in my head. I'm like... 8 out of 9 because of the racism, and then 9 out of 9 because, as you can hear from all of us, this one's getting three ratings from me. It, it gets the, the Streaming Wasteland stamp of approval, go watch this shit. An 8 out of 9 because there's a little bit of racism in there. And then a fucking 9 out of 9 because, Jesus Christ, I Greg and I have not stopped laughing talking yeah. about this for the last 27 minutes. Also, if you're a Brad Pitt fan, he's fucking smoking hot in oh this movie. Oh my god. Like this is like this is peak Brad Pitt, no joke. This is I think a year or two before he appeared on Friends and he was hot in that episode. So, this is like peak Brad Pitt. This is the year after Fight Club Brad Pitt. He's fucking hot. So, go look. And Jason Statham keeps his clothes on, but he's also not bad to look at. So, you got even if you're just watching for that, Brad Pitt's tatted up. He looks great in this movie. And he's, and I'd say at least 30% of his screen time is shirtless, so mm. you don't have to look too far. And if Brad Pitt isn't a thing for you, go watch it for Boris. Jesus Christ. They oh, him yeah. alone? <laughs> yeah, or Vinny Jones. Looking great oh, in this yeah, movie, Yeah, Vinny too. Jones. Honestly, of the people I listed, Benicio Del Toro is in this movie the least. He, yeah. Frankie Four Fingers gets captured about a third of the way through the movie, and then his head is covered by a T-Koozie the whole time. And then, yeah, he gets shot, and you really don't hear from him anymore on account of being dead. And, you know, even though he was in the movie The Least, he did have, like, some good lines. Not that I can remember them, because I think they were overshadowed by everything else that happened in the movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this uh, I don't know. The movie just has me fucking rolling, and... <laughs> More than Russell. <laughs> pow, pow, pow. Shit's so good. Give me kiss, or I shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> Me and a mutual friend of ours, a uh, friend of ours's little brother, used to actually call every neighborhood stray cat Boris the Sneaky Fucking Russian. Because, <laughs> named after that. I like that. That's good. Yeah, because when you think about it, look, look at the way alley cats like slink around. Tell me that's not some Boris oh. the Sneaky Fucking Russian shit. Yeah, Trying well, to convince other animals, hey, open the gate, but don't tell anybody that I told you to do it. You just open the gate yourself, and then I will get in and get the tuna. Well, so thinking about it like I've, I've watched like cats over here in this area like when they're in the alleyways and they do the same thing that boris does when he climbs out of the trunk the <laughs> just left yeah left. Just left so <laughs> fucking good dude god i love this movie i might actually just go watch this movie again tomorrow just you because should... i <laughs> you know i'm gonna have because i don't know if my wife has seen it and she probably has but she probably doesn't she remember has. it i'm like pretty sure she has okay but either way we should just put it on at thanksgiving yeah no dude oh hell yeah, yeah. i'm gonna make sure that's on especially because i don't know I don't know which order these episodes are coming out in, audience, but there's a decent chance that this will be on the Saturday. We're actually going over to the Ringo's house for for Thanksgiving. So you might be hearing this podcast and us talking about it as we're watching this movie at each other or at his house eating Thanksgiving dinner. Well, no. So our Thanksgiving ritual is he comes to my house and I go to his house and then we just like try to pretend to be each other. It's Freaky Friday, but we don't have any magic. So we just... <laughs> 
<laughs> we just act like, oh, uh, hello, I am Ringo. <laughs> and, and our wives go, oh, God, not again. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> then they text each other, and we get tased, and we wake up back in the right places. Yeah, just like Freaky Friday, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how the movie ends, with one taser strike. <laughs> All right, I don't have anything more to yeah, say about this movie that is going to be useful, so let's go ahead and get us out of here. Yeah, so I'm not going to go through our whole entire wasteland social media. You guys all know where to find us. But I am going to tell you guys, we are thankful for anyone that listens to us. We are thankful for anyone that sits through our bullshit. And we are thankful for every single last one of you. For everyone that's out there that listens to us, I do thank you. And I'm appreciative that anyone that likes this, likes anything that we put out and gives (laughs) us your time. But yeah, I, I hope that everyone that listens to this has a great Thanksgiving. And anybody that doesn't listen to this, Fuck you. Go ahead and listen to this so I can go ahead and thank you for listening. Anybody who doesn't listen to this, how are you hearing this? <laughs> and with that, Greg, do you have anything to add besides cranberry sauce? Cranberry sauce. Nice. Say goodbye, Greg. Bye, Greg. Don't Great eat cranberry job. sauce. It's disgusting. Well.